you know, I saw kind of the writing on the wall when Wolfgang was moving Espago from Sunset to, to Beverly Hills. And I, you know, I wanted a piece of that, but I was an employee of a company and I had to basically quit my job, start my business so that I could get this project before they actually gave it to me. You know, standing in front of the, the right doors, you know, you got to know who's on the other side of that door, right? Welcome to Masters of Trade by Diggs. This is Constance Dunn, your host. Today's guest is shaping the future in a very direct way as a designer of social spaces. Stephen Francis Jones, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So it's it's I've interviewed you before. It's been about five years. Uh -huh. And one of the reasons I thought of you for Masters of Trade is that you are somebody who's done some very notable projects. You've worked all over the world. Yet you have this very kind of laid back demeanor about you. And I was very <laughs> impressed by that. And you're very like generous. And, and, and it was interesting to me because I was thinking, here's someone who has done Spago, who's done, you know, governor's ball ballroom. And, you know, you've worked in Europe, you worked for uh, Ricardo Bofil, you've worked on some very high profile pro projects. And I'm wondering how your personality works when you are with kind of like hard driving, like media moguls or, right. you know, four star chefs. Like, how has that worked with you on projects? Well, I think it, it, it actually, uh, to my benefit, uh, when I got my start with Wolfgang Puck, uh, you know, I was working with his wife uh, at the time, Barbara Lazaroff, who was very, you know, hard driving and demanding. And, uh, you know, we just hit it off, you know, and I think that, um, that um, you know, it starts with, you um, having a sense of trust, you know, that's something that I have to gain um, and uh, prove myself, you know, with my actions and with my designs, with my ideas. And then that trust level uh, kind of uh, elevates to, um, to uh, a, a really good relationship. Um, I, I recently been working with uh, Shelly Azoff and Irving, um, who are very demanding. Um, we were working on uh, Nate Niles in Beverly Hills. And um, same thing, you know, it's just like she went through a couple different designers, um, uh, you know, that um, that she had issues with and, and um, you know, came across me and, and we kind of like hit it off in terms of being able to to work together. And, you know, the key, I think, for a good design is to understand your client, where they're coming from, what their objectives are. And not so much of right. like implementing your own ideas and try to make it their ideas, you know. And so right. that ability to connect with somebody uh, and to be able to um, say, um, you know, you know, here's here's an idea I just heard you say, and uh, let's do this, mm -hmm. and you know, give it back to them, and they, it, you know, they're like, oh, that's a great idea, you know. Of course, that's what you just told me, you know. So. Uh -huh. um, so it's, right. it's that kind of like uh, level of um, level of trust and um, uh, that it's mutual. And it's uh, I think it's goes down to, you know, just being easygoing. <laughs> right. And it's interesting because I know you're like an avid outdoorsman, like you do sculling, which I always mm -hmm. thought was rowing. But there's a difference. Um, you're someone who's play, plays beach volleyball, you're cycling on the strand. And I'm curious about, I mean, you seem very dedicated. You seem very busy and very dedicated to like right. 
you know, recreation. And I'm curious how one feeds the other. Well, you know, it's- And how you uh, make sure you always- Well, I'm, you know, I'm very disciplined. I've been, you know, doing my routine of uh, uh, cycling and and rowing. I've been rowing since I was in college at UCLA. So, um, in fact, I was on the water this morning. And what it does is it it, uh, gives me that hour in the morning um, that to, you know, that I have completely quiet, you know, you're on the water, this glassy water, you know, and no sound and you're just in the rhythm of, of the stroke, you know, and I just get, you know, that's when I come up with my best ideas, you know, when I really have com- completely, you know, uninterrupted, um, uh, th- thoughts and cycling is the same way, you know, I'll do a ride around PV, you know, for about, you know, three or four hour ride. And, um, if I've got something in my head that I need to think through, you know, that's the best time for me to, to, to be able to do that. So it works in conjunction with, you know, my lifestyle works in conjunction with, um, with my work and, um, they benefit from, from it. Right. And speaking of your work, you've been like, you know, I know you were from Orlando originally a big family Mm -hmm. And you've worked in Europe. I mean, you've worked in Japan. You've worked in Boston. You've worked in right. so many places. And I'm curious about what made you decide that, like, Los Angeles, the South Bay was it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. Well, you know, it's it's kind of funny because, um, uh, you know, when I was – I went to grad school at UCLA. So that was – originally, I, was, I wanted to go to Harvard. Uh, I didn't get in, but I got into UCLA. And here I am in California. And I keep thinking back to, well, you know, the time I was in Boston, you know, like two and a half years, I got a great experience, um, worked with really uh, cool high rise projects. And I came out to LA and um, I was kind of working for a big firm when I came out of here and getting ready to go to grad school. And I was just kind of disillusioned with with the type of architecture I was doing because it was so big, you know, these high rises, you know, they take two and a half years to, from the time you start to design them to the time they start to build them. And, and, you know, it's rewarding, but at the time I wanted to see a little bit more, uh, return on my, uh, creative investment. And, uh, and I, so I got, um, I, I got a job working for a boutique restaurant firm and we did a bunch of really cool restaurants in Los Angeles um, including Typhoon and Chaya Brasseria. And, and so of course, in that time, my late twenties doing restaurants was, you know, a pretty cool thing to invite your friends to go check out your work, you know, and it just kind of, you know, fell, it, it didn't really fall in my lap because I worked hard for it. But, um, but I kind of, I, I, I saw, I had a vision of where I felt like I belonged, and, um, and creating the social spaces um, really became something that I've been kind of fine tuning, uh, uh, all along. Mm-hmm. The one thing I say about, uh, designing social spaces is that, um, the, the, the one thread that's common in all social spaces is some type of food and beverage, you know, uh, because, you know, that's what keeps people together if they're going to hang out. And, and, and so with my expertise in the restaurant industry and particularly, uh, my lucky break that I got with uh, Wolfgang Puck um, doing uh, Spago in Beverly Hills is my first commission. Um, uh, that basically set me on, on my uh, on my path to where where I am now. And and so 
being able to work as an architect and also understanding the intricacies and the complexities of a restaurant um, really kind of fine-tuned me, uh, uh, my abilities beyond most architects that have to do in these type of works. Because, you know, I got yelled at from the general manager when, you know, something was, you know, why'd you put this here? You know, we have, and so you learn those little um, lessons and, and you apply it to the next, you know. Also, right. the multiple uh, type of clients I have, I've been able to kind of through them watch how they go through the business, you know, how they structure their deals, you know, how they do their operations, what they like to do. So if I'm getting kind of like an education from each one of my clients on different types of, uh, of scenarios. Um, and, um, and so, you know, I think that, um, that, you know, doing what I'm doing now in the restaurant business and expanding it to, you know, not just restaurants, but, you know, amenity spaces for office parks, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, uh, places, uh, uh, different types of ways to do food courts, you know, or uh, food halls, you know, uh, um, creating, um, uh, um, you know, design environments that has multiple venues that, um, that kind of feed on each other and helping the developer and the, the brokers kind of orchestrate that that cool vibe, that cool social space. Um, so it's, right. um, it's really right. exciting. Yeah. yeah, And it's interesting because you also just, you seem like someone that you really think a lot about the way that people work and the way that mm -hmm. they, they hang out and that they come together and you have a hand in really directing those spaces and how people are going to interact right. and kind of right. being able to, through design, lean mm -hmm. on one aspect more than the other, like maybe, you know, collectivism and I'm curious right. because you, it seems like you've been doing more social, uh, I'm sorry, workspaces. Like uh, again, mm -hmm. five years ago, you had just finished one in San Francisco, which I recall uh -huh. due to your designs, the tenancy <laughs> sold out like really quickly before it was even yeah. done. So kudos to you. Um, Thanks. So, uh, so I'm curious about how you've been shaping those and just thinking about how that's impacted your design, what you're, what you're masterminding for us office bees. <laughs> Well, you know, the thing is, is, you know, kind of like being aware of what's going on. I mean, with COVID, that's, you know, obviously changed everything. And um, the way that people, you know, um, interact with food, the fact that you're ordering things, you know, uh, DoorDash and you're, you know, the experience of going to a restaurant has to be something that you can't replicate by ordering something and having delivered to you. You have to step it up. You know, you have to step up the game. One of the things when I do my designs right. that I really try to do is make it so that there's variety in the design so that you could come to a restaurant multiple times and get a different experience depending on what part of the restaurant you're sitting at, you know, whether you're at, um, at a communal table with a bunch of your friends or you have a romantic dinner on the side. You have to think about all of those different um, events and how to uh, design a space that's going to be, you know, intimate or it's going to be social, or it's you know, and and kind of like that mix of of uh, of spaces. Of course, you know, within whatever envelope of space you have, a lot of times tiny restaurants, you know, are very difficult to kind of create those that variety of spaces. But then you think of you know, how can I interact with outside, or how can I, how can you know, 
the design be more inclusive of, of a bigger area to make up the fact that I've got a little tiny restaurant, you know? So, um, so, right. you know, the, the varieties, uh, is really, really what I play with, you know? And, um, and of course, you know, the materials and, and the, the mood that, you know, the lighting, the lighting is so important. Um, all of these things are just additional factors that I add into, uh, the design and make sure that, um, you know, that the whole, ambiance, a whole setting. I, I, I like to kind of equate to designing a restaurant is probably, you know, equivalent to draw, designing the sports car, you know, because, you know, you have to know where the engine goes and the transmission goes. And, you know, it's, it's, there's, it's like a, it's got a big engine with a sexy body that has to go at like, 125 miles an hour all the time, you know, so you really have to think in those terms of, you know, how do you, uh, how to make us make the restaurateur successful with the design and be appealing. And it all seems seamless to the customer who comes over there, you know, that it, that's the way it's supposed to be. Right. And you know, what I think is interesting um, is in this, this age of technology now and really convenience, you mentioned the COVID and convenience and experience are really at opposing, they're opposing forces now, mm-hmm. right? Cause convenience is DoorDash. I can order it now. Right. Um, experience. You've got to go to a restaurant and it's vital now that the experience is that much, uh, you know, more because it's like the same like the retailers are dealing with Amazon right. delivery versus big box, you know, uh, department right, stores. Right. They have the same problem. The experience better be better and more, you know, elevated. Otherwise, you're going to lose out to convenience. Exactly. And convenience is a hard thing to beat, you know. Um, especially whenever your objectives are just to feed yourself as opposed to entertain yourself. But I really have been getting a lot of uh, clients who's been coming to me and saying, hey, you know, we need to rethink, you know, how um, how we attract people. Uh, I did a project up in Concord in Northern California where they were, you know, they were designing a traditional um, shopping center with, you know, the movie theaters and the smaller restaurants. And we, uh, they hired me to design this pavilions, which was basically an amenity space to the office, to the whole, uh, shopping development. And we had, f- you know, five little tiny restaurants, all of about 750, maybe a thousand square feet, mostly kitchen that everything opened up. And it was my job to kind of create a space that intertwined, um, between all of the different activities. And then also on a broader scale, um, brought, created a, an event space to draw people to the overall center, you know? So we had an outside space that in the summertime, it was a big lawn that, you know, you could play uh, cornball and ping pong and other thing. In the wintertime, it turned into an ice skating rink, you know? And then, you know, Santa's house, which was kind of perched up on a, on a little um, uh, raised area in the summertime, that was concerts in the park, you know, and that was like a stage, you know? So it's like, all these kind of, you know, being able to draw people to your um, to your uh, um, facilities, whether it be an office or whether it be in uh, retail or whether it's being, you know, food court driven. Um, you know, there's all these kind of creating these experiences um, and, you know, being sensitive to how people are interacting with the space, how they're interacting with each other. Um, and how they're interacting with, you know, all different uh, levels of, uh, of um, participation. Uh, so it's been really, it's been really, I mean, of course, I was, you know, COVID 
it's not a good, you know, to say your tagline is I design uh, social spaces during COVID, not the best business model. <laughs> so right. uh, I'm glad that, <sighs> that things are turning around. <laughs> Well, do people want to be together again? And I don't mean just with COVID. I mean, the development that uh, people have some habits that are different that were developed during two years. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious about if you've noticed anything that's been surprising, because I wonder if even if it's like, you know, safe, do people want to be around each other? I don't know. You know, I think they do. I mean, I, I think human nature is we're social animals, you know, and I right. think there are some people who are more cautious than other people. And so, you know, maybe mm -hmm. those people are, you know, staying at home more often. But at some point you got to, you know, engage again. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, it's it's different just in terms of, you know, uh, our, how we work, you know, how we live. Um, one of the things I always kind of try to say is like, you know, I. I design my own lifestyle. You know, this is how I like to live. You know, I like to be on the beach. I like to, you know, go to um, uh, uh, nice events and I like to socialize. And so I just kind of, you know, take my personality and my lifestyle and say, you know, I think this would be a good, you know, a good fit for to appeal to a lot of a lot of people, because I think that, um, you know, it's it's nice to be alive and <laughs> nice to interact with people. And, um, yeah. but definitely COVID has, um, changed the way that a lot of offices, uh, are, are working and, and, you know, they're too having to, you know, figure out how do we get, um, how do we get people to come into the office, you know, and, and, you know, right. what more is there than just a place for you to get on your computer? You can do that at home, you know, save a couple hours driving. Um, right. and, um, and so that's kind of like the part that I think it's still, being, it's still materializing. I don't think it's, you know, right. there's, there's obviously a lot of, uh, a lot of new concepts coming out. Some of the concepts I've been working on the the one I just finished in, um, in, uh, La Jolla, uh, called a joyous kitchen, um, uh, addresses a lot of those pre pandemic. And now they seem to be, Oh, well, these are, are good amenities to have, you know, to an office place that you're trying to make people, uh, feel like they have, you know, somewhere to go other than a computer sitting at a desk, you know, in a, in a dark room, you know, but. Right. You, you know, it's funny because I remember just interviewing you and I was like, wow, obviously you're a very talented architect, but your career seems to be like a lot of luck. And you had said something which I, I have found interesting to this day. And you said something to the effect of, well, it's really about positioning yourself in front of the right door. So when they mm -hmm. open, you are standing there. And right. I'm curious, um, times in your life that really that was very, very true for you and very pivotal. pivotal. Yeah, no, it, it, it has been. And, um, you know, uh, things happen for a reason, I believe. You know, I, th I think that, uh, you know, but you also have to recognize the situation. I mean, when I was working in the uh, in the early '90s with Wolfgang Puck as their in-house architect, you know, I had to, you know, I saw kind of the writing on the wall when Wolfgang was moving his uh, Spago from Sunset to, to Beverly Hills, and I, you know, I wanted a piece of that. But I was an employee of a company, and I had to basically 
quit my job, start my business so that I could get this project before they actually gave it to me, you know? And so, you know, standing in right in front of the, the right doors, you know, you got to know who's on the other side of that door, right? And um, be <laughs> sitting there waiting for them to, to, to embrace you. But, you know, other things happen um, in, your, in, in your career. And, you know, I think one of the things that uh, helps me excel is my ability to become aware of, you know, of the situation um, and to be able to react uh, quickly to it and, um, and to be able to, you know, uh, to, to make the best of the best of the situation. Yeah. Well, what's it like to work with Wolfgang? Just because uh, what's interesting is everyone knows he's a household name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he's very much a visionary, very much yes. an artiste and visionary in a different yeah, and, way. Um, so when you put, when you put your two minds together, how, how does that work? Well, you know, uh, he's, he's, he knows what he wants, you know, and, and, um, he, but, you know, in the early stages, I mean, he was leaving a lot of it, you know, a lot of the design to Barbara, you know, and so as far as how that would, obviously the layout and how the kitchen worked and, and, and all of that. And, you know, he, he, you know, he was actually very, very good to work with. I, you know, I, I learned a lot from him. Um, his way of, uh, you know, he has a, a, this demeanor about him that that's very attractive to a lot of people and, and he, he gets it, you know? And, um, I think that that is, um, where we connected in terms of being able to like see on the same, the same level. Um, and, but he's also a very busy guy, you know? And so, uh, for him to be able to trust me, to be able to take care of the, you know, of, of the, the kitchens, right. And the permitting and the design and all, all of that, um, you know, was, um, you know, made his part of his, uh, uh, of, you know, operating the restaurant, you know, he could focus more on that, that part, but yeah. it used to be really cool to, you know, it's, yeah. to have, to, you know, have meetings at Spago and food comes out to you all day long. Yeah. There are definitely nice perks about those things. <laughs> yeah, I would say. For sure. It's, it's interesting because just you're from a big family and you, I think you had mentioned that you were raised by, you know, a hippie dad who was a, a silk screener. And I'm mm -hmm. wondering how much, you know, being raised by, you know, an artist, being mm -hmm. raised in a big family, lots of thoughts about social spaces and interaction, yeah. how much that impacted your decision to be an architect? Well, I think, you know, I've always had that kind of like creative component of me. I've, I've been wanting to be an architect since I was in my, you know, ninth grade. I think I wrote my ninth grade career report about being an architect. And it's like, you know, I've been driven since, you know, just like that's been my, uh, that's been my goal. And so with that kind of drive and, uh, you know, I did a lot of stuff. I traveled a lot to Barcelona and to Los and, and they're all kind of like the windy road to get to where I finally got to being a registered architect and to be able to uh, have my own business and, and, and whatnot. Um, but, you know, the roots of kind of being in a big family and knowing how to compromise and, um, you know, working and going to my dad's shop while he was, you know, uh, creating new artwork. I would be in the art room making my own designs and my own little T-shirts that I would sell to my buddies, you know. So I had this kind of entrepreneurial, um, uh, you know, aspect that was also, I think, inherent from from watching my dad do it, you know. Right, right. And and speaking of like mentors, I know this year Ricardo Bofill passed away and he was yeah. this 
visionary, uh, big, mm-hmm. bold. I guess they could categorize him as a postmodernist, creating very yes. colorful shape. These these the shape of these of his designs right. were just very like mind bending. And you right. have the Mind opportunity with your employer. Um, yeah. And I'm curious about if you interacted with him and if he if he was a mentor of sorts to you or, or what kind of impact was that experience like? Yeah, you know, the, the experience is more of the impact. Um, Ricardo mm-hmm. was actually kind of standoff, not standoffish, but he wasn't in the studio a lot. You know, he would come by right. and he would do a flyby to see what everybody's working on. Uh, and then he would go to, you know, the heads of each department and, you know, talk to them. And then we would be brought into a meeting and go over stuff. I did a lot of the renderings. So I was doing the presentations mm. and I was doing, you know, the um, the drawings that will be, you know, presented to this. So, um, you know, I used to take his sketches and at the time I cut them all up and kind of paste them together to look like there was like he did it all at one time, came up with all these ideas. And that would be something that we would, you know, have as part of our presentation. Um, but you know, the, 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 um, the culture of the office, you know, it was very international. Um, and the type of works, you know, I was working on projects in the South of France and going to visit them and just getting another, another, you know, different, scale view of, you know, city planning and big monumental uh, type of design. And, you know, we, we were working with um, some of the projects were for the Olympics. Um, so we had, you know, stuff that had, had that was going on that was relevant to, you know, the, in Barcelona at the time uh, when I was there. But, um, but, you know, it was a great, great experience. And I'm really sad that he passed uh, this year. Um, a few of us that worked there during that same kind of uh, time period, still kind of messenger each other. And there was a lot of uh, tributes uh, to him that were played on our little message uh, uh, chat session. So uh, it was good to kind of have that kind of finality to the to, to that experience. But uh, yeah, I've, I've been blessed with, you know, being around some very influential uh, people. And, um, I, you know, I think that, um, you know, those are, those are definitely guiding factors of where I'm at today. Speaking of that influential people, cause you're, you're so high profile and the, you're, and the people that you've worked with are high profile. Have you ever had a moment where, you know, this imposter syndrome moment of self doubt <laughs> where someone has taken your plans and crumpled them up on your face and said, Steven, this is shit. Start <laughs> yeah. over. Well, you know, um, you know, I, not too often, <laughs> but, um, you know, I had, I, not I, that I'm going to admit, yeah, not that I'm going to admit at least, <laughs> um, I did have a, a, a moment, uh, before I, before, you know, when I was working in LA, uh, at a big company called RTKL and they did, you know, residential and, and, and um, I, I mean, uh, commercial work that I just, you know. I just couldn't keep doing the same cookie cutter Spanish Mediterranean style. And I went off and, and did another design for, and this is for a project in the, for the Irvine company with Donald Bren, you know, who, you know, everything in Orange County has to look the same kind of thing. And, and that was a big, you know, oh, yeah. when I, when I got my drawings crumpled up and thrown away, I was like, Oh, that, that hurts. But maybe that's, this is not where I should be. You know, maybe I need to be doing, yeah, maybe that's, you know, I- Maybe I need to be doing restaurants. 
Right, 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 right. And, and I'm curious because it's restaurants is like, that's a, a big part of what you've done. And then it's increasingly like these co-working spaces. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, what's exciting to you now? Like, what are, are you shifting into another area or, or what's kind of been the thing just keeping everything alive for you, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, now I'm doing, uh, I'm doing a few um, uh, big projects, uh, one in Beverly Hills called Negroni's. Um, which is going to be on Canon right next to Wally's. And it's a really cool um, uh, kind of Latin influenced um, uh, design. Um, I'm also working in uh, Santa Monica um, on a, um, on a new restaurant on main street um, with uh, chef, uh, chef uh, Dave uh, Burnin, who uh, is doing, you know, Michelin star restaurants. So I, I still doing the high end, um, uh, one-off stuff, but at the same time, you know, I've been, uh, trying to, um, uh, also work on, I'm, I'm doing a project in Palm Springs where we're taking social spaces to a different, uh, different level. And that this group is they're, they're buying hotels that are like a 12 person, uh, 12 room hotels, small ones in Beverly Hill and, uh, Palm Springs and converting them into, uh, a place that you that uh, like maybe a company might rent all twelve of them or a family retreat. So it's a different type of social spaces. You know, now it's a a place where you're living, and and in this one we're creating a little kiosk or a little pavilion that is you know part of the property around the pool, kind of elevating it and creating a social space so that you know when people are coming for you know a retreat or something, they all have you know a cool design rooms. Uh, and then um, communal spaces where they can have, you know, uh, afternoon lunches or um, so it's kind of like, you know, taking another step still with the social spaces, still kind of, you know, uh, food oriented, but um, but taking it to another level and doing another project in um, uh, Santa Clarita, which is actually a two level uh, dentist office, a like ground up. And, you know, I did a couple of medical projects and and the whole thing, the medical industry, you know, they want to be cool. They want to have you know, people to feel comfortable going to, um, to their, um, to their restaurant, uh, to their, um, doctor's office or, or whatever. And, um, you know, feel like it's not, you know, that it's not a dread to go there, but there's, you know, something about the space that it's uplifting. And, and, you know, in the case of the dentist's office, you know, they're going to come back with a nice smile, you know? Um, so, <laughs> So a little bit of, you know, variety and, and, um, and I'm also trying to get into, or I have been uh, trying to put together some deals, you know, kind of acting as architect slash broker, you know, trying to find the right operator with the right um, uh, um, project and, and, you know, getting, getting that together so that, um, so that I can, you know, use my expertise of how the operations work. Um, and how the building needs to be built out and how much it needs to cost and kind of synthesizing all of that together and providing a service that's very unique, you know, that most architects, you know, wouldn't be able to have the kind of insight that I have. Um, and the contacts I have, you know, with my sh- the, the chefs I've been working with and operators, kind of marrying that with the clients I have that are developers and, and, and owners, you know. So, um, so that's a, a new, that's yeah. a kind of a, branching out area that I'm, I'm having fun with. That feels very futuristic. The first one you mentioned about that 
place where like a company would come together and there's like 12 different uh, accommodations and then there's social spaces and the whole property is really just dedicated for a family or a company that feels like that is going to be standard going forward. Doesn't it? Does it Warren? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know. I, you yeah, know, yeah definitely. Are you doing any I, residential? I, I'm just curious. Um, I, I have been doing, I, I, I designed my own house and I've done some residential for some friends. Um, residential is a lot different than commercial. I mean, you're, but not, you're, yeah. So, you know, residential is a little more architect slash marriage counselor. <laughs> right. A lot of therapy involved with keeping the peace, right? <laughs> right. So, uh, so yeah. What, what, the, so you enjoy, obviously, you, you enjoy the social spaces more than the living spaces, I presume? Well, I mean, they're both the same. You know, they're, they're really, the social spaces are really an extension of somebody's living room into, um, in, into a, you know, yeah. different, different atmosphere. I mean, you're designing a space that looks like, you know, somebody's like really plush um, family room. It's not really, it's pretty much very similar, you know. Um, it's just yeah. a, the usage is a little bit, a little bit different, but, um, you know, the program also residential, the program's pretty much set, you know, you're going to have a certain number of bedrooms and baths and kitchen and stuff. Whereas the projects I'm doing, you know, whether it's lucky strikes where I have, you know, 22 bowling lanes and, you know, uh, 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 a bar area or, or, you know, whether it's a, you know, a restaurant with a rooftop bar and a BKVC in the basement and all this kind of stuff. There's, there's a lot more variety in the type of, of projects, you know, that, that I, that I'm working on. So I've right. fun, of course. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, we're going to take a little uh, trip down memory lane project and nostalgia. So we're just going to okay. bring up one of your projects and kind of I'd love it. Anything that you could share. It's kind of okay. like a song, you know, how there's a certain song <laughs> that can bring you back to a point. And right. I imagine it's the same um, with your projects. It's just like, these are certain chapters. And um, Karen, if you have the uh, image one of good old Spago, wow, that is <laughs> well, a good dramatic theme. and beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, and, and um, this one is funny because the original Spago, uh, we tore the building down uh, and we left an old part of the building um, and kept, it used to be the Bistro Gardens. So we kept the gardens and we try to keep the tree that you can see in the background. So the design of the, of this ceiling was to save the branch of the tree overhead, you know, uh, and that kind of gave that, that, um, the, the shape of the roof. But I also kind of took um, the two entrances, the Wolfgang, Wolfgang was a little bit more conservative and Barbara was a little bit more flamboyant. And so this entrance I modeled after Barbara <laughs> and the other one was after. So that, so I keep, I think this, this image is much more, you know, feminine and more dramatic like Barbara was than, than the other entrance. Right. Right. And it's your first commission. What was life like? Were you like, yeah. did you go home every night and just collapse on the couch <laughs> and eat cereal? Like, you well, know, you know, yeah, it was, you know, it was, you know, like everything I do, I just get so into it and so passionate about it that, you know, I just uh, put it, put everything in, into, into the project and it didn't feel like it was work. Um, you know, the payoff obviously for these, I mean, for this one, it was very unique experience to be able to get, you know, 
the most anticipated restaurant in in Los Angeles to be your first commission. And you know, I I I count my blessings for for that. Um, but um, you know, it was um, it was cool to go over there and opening day. You know, the chef who was you know. Uh, the chef who you've been dealing with is now behind the kitchen and, and, and using, you know, the, the restaurant, you know, there's like a, a period of a couple of days when it turns from a caterpillar to a butterfly. And, uh, it's really fun to be, um, you know, part of that whole, uh, whole part of the, um, of creating restaurants. So, uh, if there's image two, that'd be great. Good old El Camp in El Segundo, a more recent project of yours. I think the concept is so cool. So this is many decades later, right? Yeah. And this one, you know, this was about the time when, um, that, um, that, you know, people, you know, WeWorks was starting to become something, uh, that, you know, becoming more popular, uh, I would talk to people about the concept and I try to equate it to WeWorks. Half the people had never heard of WeWorks before. Um, but um, the idea of this one was he wanted to make uh, 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 my client, Eric Johnson, uh, wanted to create this. He was in the, um, um, uh, in the marketing industry and he wanted to create this place that everybody was coming to camp together um, and, you know, everybody had their pod. So he had this theme of going off. So originally he said he wanted to do a tent. But I'm like, you can't just do a, a tent, you know. And that, so he wanted everybody to come into a tent. and come. So what I did was I kind of created this tent-like um, uh, 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 design that you see on the, on the image here with, uh, with ropes. So you can still see through it. And it had a, a lot more lacy type of of atmosphere. And it, you know, it, it evokes a feeling of coming through a, a, a tent before you get into the rest of the space. Um, but this, this was a, you know, this is one of the ones that um, started having me kind of pivot more toward doing uh, amenity spaces for office, for offices. And in this particular project, there was an architect who was working on all the actually office space. And what they hired me to do was basically the the living room and dining room, if you want to equate it that way. So the kitchen, living room, dining dining room, where like the major activities, um, uh, you know, whether it's going to be a guest speaker would come for the whole pe- the whole group there, or uh, planned events. Um, so, so that so you know, once again, it was like uh, one of these things where it's all that you know, all of the all of the. Um, the pieces kind of came together uh, at appropriate time, you know, with what everybody was doing. Society and and, and the working habits were yeah. were starting to change. And it looks so fun too. Doesn't look like you're going to work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because looking at this now, you have like an office with much more employees. It's years later, mm-hmm. you've designed your own home. It's just, it's so interesting to see these bookmarks in your career. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, uh, I love, I love the variety. That's for sure. Yeah. And it's interesting that you decided at like in ninth grade. So you were like a young teenager and you've decided you wanted to be an architect and that has stayed with you for, yeah. for all these years. That yeah, no, awesome. I've, I've, all right. I'm blessed. <laughs> I do what I love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It doesn't seem like you've had to like pound the pavement a lot. <laughs> you know, that's something that always struck me about your career. Like y- you weren't out there and, and it's not like you were, 
in, you know, you are not the son of an architect or a developer. Right. You know what I mean? You, you're a working class guy and you put yourself in front of some very good doors at some perfect right. times with the right, right, you know, skills. Yeah. 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 This is at B post. Um, and, um, you know, this was in 2011. It was like kind of dated before people were doing reclaimed wood. I mean, it was, you know, so when we did this project, um, you know, I, I had a hard time convincing uh, David Lefevre to use reclaimed wood. He didn't quite get it until he went and saw it somewhere installed and like, oh, okay, I get kind of the, the feel. But um, I was on this one, I was tasked to uh, create a space in Manhattan Beach, which is where I live, um, that really spoke to the community. And um, the location that we had, or this one, was uh, used to be the old uh, post office for um, for Manhattan Beach. And so, you know, I felt that there was already some kind of history of the building and uh, something to work off of, of, of the post office. Because a post office, you know, used to be where you come to get your pick up your mail and meet your neighbors and and so the name MB Post came from the fact that it used to be the post office and one of the things that David was uh, was doing at the time uh, was creating a whole menu with shared plates and um, you know communal tables and this was you know 2011 that it was still kind of the early stages of shared meals and right now, you know, farm to table shared meals is like very common. Um, but, uh, and this one, what I wanted to do was, um, have these communal tables, um, really be communal on all aspects. So what I did is you can see on this image and it's a communal table. I have a section of the middle that we have this metal plate that runs the full length of the plate and then turns down. It raises it up about six inches and, um, and then I put this big light over each one of these um, plates. So when the food comes out to be shared, it's put up on those plates. So it's easier for people to reach and grab it instead of, you know, going over to, you know, picking it off of somebody else's plate in front of it. So the whole idea, this whole idea of this communal table, shared plates, and of course, accentuating the, 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 the meals with the light over the top of it that makes a food really pop, you know, that's where you take architecture and cuisine and marry them together into the design. And that's what you're looking at on this image right here. And you went on to do a half a dozen or so restaurants for this group, right? Yeah, I've done. Like if you're uh, ever in Manhattan Beach, California. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've worked with, um, with uh, the Sims group. Um, and this one, uh, David Lefevre and uh, Mike, Chris and Tom. And, you know, I've worked with uh, uh, Chris on some Lazy Dog cafes and Mike with some Simsies restaurants. And so, yeah, there's like, you know, there are local um, people uh, in, in Manhattan Beach. I actually play volleyball with Chris still. still so, <laughs> you know, you keep these relationships going. And one of the things, this was a more personal project for you because it's in your hometown. And I'm, I'm curious because I know that your projects, you always connect them, the spaces to the community in some way. Mm -hmm. And I was curious at how that worked here, considering it was your, your home, you know, you, where you live. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look like, uh, uh, in detail at this image that you see, in, uh, and kind of like in the middle, there's like a, a board, uh, a, a blue board and next to it, kind of a red spot, the blue board, um, what I did was, um, I 
I rode my bicycle with my daughter. We started at one end of Manhattan Beach all the way down to the other end. And we took pictures of all the lifeguard stands and all of the volleyball uh, courts. And, you know, people, they would, um, they would paint the volleyball courts and kind of personalize them. And if you're a, if you're a, if you're a community, um, uh, if you live in, in Manhattan Beach and you obviously go to the beach a lot of times, you'll see the markings on the lifeguard stand. And um, so what I did was I took those pictures of all of the markings. So if it said Fourth Street, I had an artist go through randomly pick out some of these boards and recreate the, the actual um, uh, lettering exactly as it looks like on the lifeguard stand onto a board and mix that in. So in this one, it says fourth. And of course, at the time, I was playing a lot, lot of volleyball on fourth street. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to put this one right here. So when we come with my buddies here, I can say, hey, this is for you guys. <laughs> we really appreciate you being here. Hey, Warren, do you have any uh, questions for burning questions for Stephen Francis Jones? Um, maybe one I'm just curious about, because I, 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 I totally respect what you do. Um, a fan of your work and uh it's cool because it's you're blessed to be able to do what you love and you you do amazing work you're kind of like um you know these restaurants are like your albums you know like you're mm -hmm. you're a musician and these are records that you put out and uh that are consumed and they're evergreen and they're well hopefully they're evergreen right but they're yeah <laughs> they're uh you know they're they're a legacy um stitched together but i'm curious um when you deal with Clients, when you when you come up and you're the second, third, or fourth option in terms of they've tried someone, someone else, mm -hmm. someone else, mm -hmm. when you're in that spot, do you feel less pressure? I'm just curious about this, or do you, or do, you, or do you feel more at ease because there's nothing to lose or everything to gain, right. kind of thing? I'm just well, I'd be honest with you, I'm not really. I haven't had a lot of situations where I'm in a third or second option. Usually first. they come to me because they know what they want. Um, and, um, yeah. and so I feel, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't feel the pressure of not being able to deliver because I feel yeah. that if I can listen to what they're telling me and I can translate that into a built object or built space um, that, and I let them have, you know, and make sure that they have ownership of the design, you know, uh, that I know that they're going to be in the end, they're going to be happy with, uh, with, you know, with final product. And so that kind of takes any kind of nervousness edge off of me. I can't say that, you know, that I've, you know, I've not felt nervous around, you know, big clients that, um, that have high expectations, but, you know, I, it's, I don't let it, I don't let it really get to me, you know, and I think that. Um, Interesting. So li listening might be one of your superpowers. <laughs> Amazing. You think how about it, right? Things happen, right? <laughs> listening. Yeah. Because it, it, it gives you the ability to translate the vision on the, and paint the canvas, right? Exactly. Because you've listened and you've consumed and you've absorbed um, the, the info properly, right? Versus kind of being on your own little, yeah, trying to tell them this is what you need to do. And believe me, I've yeah, been, I've gone down the wrong path, you know, a couple of times. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's key to be aware when you're going down the wrong path and, and, and write yourself. So really, 
Stephen, you're really just a salesperson at the end of it, right? You know, you're, you know, you're, you're playing an architect, you know, uh, designer, but you're really just a sales guy, right? With good listening skills. <laughs> just kidding. But there's no, a, it's, no, it's, it's a we're, lot we're of all in the same boat. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of sales into the whole craft of uh, you're selling your ideas yeah. all the time, you know, and and yeah. um, hopefully they like them. <laughs> well, yeah, life, life is communication and communication is all about listening, right? So, right. Absolutely. Interesting. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate okay. your time. It's been so sure, interesting. Sure. Everyone, you know, they think architect and it's usually residential or right. skyscrapers, but here's right. someone who's doing something very like human, very, you know, on the, on the everyday level, very public social spaces and kind of changing a little of how we, we interact together, which is something we really need, I think right now. So. I agree. I agree. Do you have any closing thoughts, Stephen, that you want to get out you know, there? I, 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 first of all, I want to thank you for reaching out and, and, um, having this interview with me. I, I appreciate your interest in what I'm doing. And, um, you know, I just uh, want to make sure that, you know, I stay atop of people's minds when they're thinking about, you know, creating different environments um, that, um, you know, that uh, we are, we have the, we have the ability and capacity to, to, you know, see it through on multiple levels, you know, architecture, interior, graphic, branding, you know, just kind of, you know, the whole thing all is, um, is, uh, really comes together. Um, and so I think that's so important to, to do not just one aspect of it, but to have a, have a bigger, uh, understanding of the big picture. And I think that's what we're about. We're about the picture. Very cool. And where can people find you online? sfjones.com at my website, or, um, you know, my personal email, sfjones at sfjones.com. 